Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. At Evolution, we're committed to helping people and Nordics tech organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. I'm Georgia Benson from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Max Danielson, who's a product manager at Scrim. I have Anna Dre, who's engineering manager at Delivery Hero, and Joshua Kielty, who's a product owner at SEB Court, to discuss cracking the code, complex problem solving. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and what your biggest passion is currently. Max, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Max, uh, Max Danielson, and I work as a product manager at Scream. Uh, at Scream, we help uh, mostly e-commerce companies with sending uh, as little air as possible in packages. So they save money and we save on the environment. So a win-win for everyone. And my current biggest passion is uh, playing team handball and solving problems. I love that. Thanks for introducing yourself. Uh, Anuj, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. Uh, so hello, uh, my name is Anuj Rai and I'm basically from India. And I'm working as an engineering manager in Delivery Hero uh, with, with FinTech. And what we are doing right now is centrally making sure all the Delivery Hero subsidiaries or companies like Food Panda or Foodora, which is working in Europe and, and Food Panda in South Asia and other countries, along with some subsidies, we are centralized place where all the payment and, and the fintech industry is sitting. So right now we we are we I'm leading the team for, for payment processing in fintech. Um, my passion right now is when till from from the time when I came to Germany is just watching Netflix because it's always cool there. Nothing. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Everyone binges on Netflix every now and then. Perfect. And last but not least, Josh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, hello. Um, my name is Joshua Kilty, uh, and I work as a product owner at SCB Card. Uh, for those of you who have not heard about SCB, uh, it is the leading corporate bank in the Nordics. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm not working, uh, I like to travel. And I also have a passion for cooking. Perfect. Thanks for introducing yourself, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now that we've established a context to everyone, let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or a statement um, on cracking the code, complex problem solving. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation too. Let's start with Max. I have your question here. So how do you approach problem solving as a team? 
And do you have any structure to attack complex problems? Tell me the context behind this. Yeah, uh, so uh, at Scream, we're a pretty small team. And uh, what we uh, currently see a lot is that uh, when a problem comes in, we just tackle it head on. Uh, but I'm super curious to know if uh, larger corporations have some kind of framework they use or some kind of structure to fall back on uh, when approaching difficult problems or in any scenario, like how do you work in a more structured way with actually solving uh, difficult issues? Josh, Anand, what yes. do you think? Yes, so I can jump in. Um, and I, I would say the first step which is quite important is to clarify what is the actual need what is the problem that we are trying to uh, solve and yeah this part should not be underestimated uh, as um, within software i think about 50 percent of each features uh, are rarely or never used by customers uh, but if the problem is actually real uh, from, from my experience, actually, uh, the larger the group, the harder it is to solve the problem as a team. Uh, so instead of having everyone working on the same problem in a group, I would try to have a short brainstorm with each team member. Um, and when everyone has given their input, I would maybe let one or two people to continue working with the problem. Uh, and I, I think it's very important uh, to get in, input from different perspectives. Um, within IT, we usually speak about viability, desirability, feasibility. Um, and with um, yeah, uh, desirability, uh, what solution will be most desirable from the customer? And then I might speak to a, a UX designer uh, and then, yeah, the solution needs to be viable for the business and it needs to be technically doable. And then I might speak to an IT architect or a developer. And then when we have all these perspectives, um, I try to present the uh, proposed solution to the group um, and get feedback. Uh, and then I, I try, yeah, we do fast decisions so this is the way we'll go and try to release the code early and integrate customer feedback uh, in the development process because yeah if you are too many working on, on the problem um, i i think it will be the one who is most extrovert they will get their say and th those who are introverted they might have really good ideas but it might not, yeah, they might not not uh, communicate it. I, I I totally agree with Joshua point, right? Sometimes when you talk, uh, so I, I see this problem in different perspective. When it comes from the people uh, and coming up with a solution, I have seen in my experience in, within my team, when you talk to uh, people, people who are extrovert, they have more energy and then they are very free to talk. So they will come up with, with why the vast number of solutions but people who are introvert they, they shy away they have awesome solutions right 
So one point which you said, Ashwa, I have seen it and that's why in my team I make sure that everyone gets an opportunity. But if you look this whole situation from a team perspective uh, and from a business perspective, so I, I would like to divide this particular thing because when it comes to a problem, the problem can be a customer's problem or a problem or complex structure can be a technical problem, right? But I do believe every technical solution or every technical thing, which whatever IT or whatever solution or technologies are there, there is a business need for it, right? Uh, <clears throat> now, when it comes to engineers, they have, uh, or when it comes to the people who are driving or writing or developing things, they don't have this vision, right? They, they just care about technology. But I think this part is missed, this, this technology is just to solve a business problem, right? So what we, and, and I have seen, and I try to cultivate is uh, to make sure that to merge or bridge this gap, right? Uh, make sure that the people, what business is talking, is also understood by uh, the the developer or the team, uh, and and they talk in the same language. Um, maybe for, I will tell you one example. Uh, generally, backend developers they don't have a keen or very good eye on on design UI UX. Which UI UX people have very like they can differentiate between colors. They can say okay this edge is sharp, this is not. A backend developer is kind of blind. He will say it's a button. I just have to click it. That's all. It's a button. I will click it. But it's a different experience, right? So each person have a different experience. Their point of view is different. What Joshua said, I totally agree. You you go and talk to them. You have to understand each person's vision because they have important role to play in order to solve this the complex problem. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Now, great ideas, guys. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Max? Uh, no, I think it's uh, super good feedback. I mean, we, um, I, I think especially what uh, Joshua, but also you, Anush, mentioned uh, about uh, finding that one-on-one uh, -on -one time, like uh, uh, giving a more even playing field for people who like to express their ideas a lot or people who you kind of maybe have to talk to a bit more individually. Uh, I think that's something I will definitely take with me back to the team. Amazing. Perfect. And Anuj, we'll move on to your question. Um, I have yours. So how do you ensure a seamless connection and understanding between the business and product teams, as well as the development team when tackling a complex problem? What are your thoughts behind this? Yeah, because I thought about this question because I, being in this industry, I've seen that business people, whatever the challenge and whatever problem they are trying to solve, it's they are singing a different song. And then when it comes to product, and it's all about communication. When when it comes to product, they are talking something different. And when it comes to developer, they are just thinking technically, right? So all of them, although they are trying to solve some problem, and we need middle person, but they all of them are not in sync. Uh, you know, they try to solve the problem in their own area, but how do you make sure? that these seamless connection and understanding is 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 there, right? That That's basically. Why are your guys' thoughts? Uh, at uh, Scream, we actually had this uh, problem, or at least we felt like we had it. Uh, and we, our solution was introducing what we call uh, the business buddy concept, where we have a business buddy. So 
uh, almost uh, every uh, sales meeting where we actually tackle some kind of problem solving or seeing if we can realize a solution, uh, we actually bring one of the developers who will work on that solution. So uh, basically bridging physically that gap that you're talking about. So always trying to have someone uh, from the backend team, for example, if it's a backend problem, uh, which we've seen um, kind of solves the problem of understanding what actual problem they are solving when they are doing what they actually like the most, which is you know building cool tech. No, and and I I can just add and and I, I agree with you, Max. I I think it's yeah important to bridge the gap between IT or business. Um, and I, I think that um, uh, depending on what organization structure you have, um, but I, I think the product owner or uh, product manager role is very important. And I think it's a bit up to the uh, PO or PM to uh, establish uh, communication between business and the development team. and. Uh, yeah, as as I'm a product owner, I, I need to proactive, proactively communi- communicate the team's roadmap. I need to ask for feedback. Uh, and I, I think it's important for, uh, for the PO to uh, have general knowledge so that, uh, yeah, they can communicate between the different domains so that uh, if I'm going to explain an IT problem that the receiver that the receiver will actually understand what I am talking about, um, and then uh, I think it's also important that the business and that everyone uh, are proactive. Um, and I, I think it's probably quite common that maybe you have someone from customer support who has great insights or brilliant ideas but usually those ideas never reach the development team so yeah i want everyone to if you have any thought or idea yeah bring them um to the development teams i think yes uh, i have a couple of experience in this i heard i learned it in a hard way as you said max uh with your uh, be stating where you bring a developer and in, in in all of the product meetings in my experience when i was a developer and i was working for health insurance company uh, for for some which was providing software for health in us you know we were developing products and we were not knowing what challenges uh, the business people are facing uh, when i went, went to uh, on site like uh, figuring out what is happening and I was invited there to have this discussion that literally opened my eyes. You know, as a developer, we were sitting on a on, on small area and we are thinking, okay, everything is good. It's small bug, what it is, okay, maybe tomorrow I will fix. But there are people whose life are dependent on that, which business is trying to solve, right? Uh, and, and it opened my eyes and I was having only six years or seven years of experience at that point of time. So this, I didn't notice it very clearly at that point of time, but yes, it opened my eyes as a developer that, yeah, we have to listen to this business people more. Uh, this was one experience. And the second experience when when I when I was leading um, my team, uh, and I remember there was one instance where we were developing a loan application. 
and the business team came running to us saying that hey hey guys you you your system is having a bug um i said okay it's not an issue uh maybe tomorrow we will fix it uh it's not a big bug and then he was sitting and saying that guys it's okay for, tomorrow you will fix it that's not a big problem for you but you know what is the impact of this and this it what uh my team was saying this man i will do fix it tomorrow do we need it it's already 4 it's already 3:30 <clears throat> the business team and the product product team was not involved in this but the business people who are in the sales and on those time because they are actually interacting with the customer the customer traveled 100 or 150 km just to take a loan and there was some issue because of which he was traveling long and he was sitting there for getting a car loan so that he can take a car and i was like i sat with my team and said that think about and think uh, that you are that customer and then you are going to a bank or or whatever it is and because of one simple issue you have to go back to your home and next morning you have to come back right and that particular thing opened like my whole team worked like anything in one hour they 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 delivered the bug so that's the thing which when you when you connect the developers with the business and show them what is what is customer what is this and what is the the need of the customer the energy comes and <clears throat> ideally they work in, in in the same direction of solving the complex problem that okay bugs are small part of it but how do you solve this problem right so i have these two experience i have seen this how 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 it helps to include developers um, into the process uh the it as well as the business you have to include the business also into the process that how thing, things work in the it side right so this th- there are many many examples in my um, in my career where i feel that okay we have to think about it we have to see that everyone is working in the same direction and mixing each one of them is very important yeah yeah it's um it's quite interesting to see that it's the, the main kind of resolution of that is to get everyone to see each other's point of view at the same time um i'm guessing obviously being product owner and product manager um, for yourselves Josh and Max that's a big part of your role where you you have to make sure that that bit of communication um goes smoothly as well um so yeah it's quite interesting to hear all of your guys experiences and thoughts on that um Josh we'll, we'll come on to your question now um so I've got your question how can you foster a culture that embraces the concept of minimal viable product and releasing early and often tell me where this question comes from yes uh, so uh, one method to solve complex problems can be to uh, limit the scope and go with a minimum viable product approach and this means developing and releasing the most basic version of a feature or a product and then incorporating the user feedback in the development process uh, and this sounds familiar i mean this is the agile principles um but i find in practice um when releasing mvp towards customers it can often be be met by internal resistance uh, we want the perfect product <clears throat> then we release and uh, one example uh, i recently heard from a, a swedish pharmaceutical company that they had spent years to rebuild their uh, website 
And by the time the new website was outdated, they had still not released it uh, towards customers. Uh, so yeah, my, my question is, how can you foster a culture that embraces releasing early uh, and often towards customers? What about you guys thinking? Um, I was I was thinking to answer uh, how do you make sure that um, because this this is a culture thing right and it starts not only from the business but also how we can make sure that the development team also have this culture of delivering things very faster. Uh, I have I have uh, I, I have experiences where uh, you know there are some matrices which we use from the development team. Um, uh, the development frequency, uh, the PR lifecycle time, uh, feature flags, and stuff like that, which makes sure that which makes sure that whatever work which a developer is doing can go to production. Now, why it is important? This is why this is a building block for this type of uh, uh, culture or this type of MVP mindset, because I, it is my experience, business thinks that uh, or the product if. If this vision is given that hey either it is this or nothing right so they will start thinking in a way oh i have to deliver this product that means development team is saying it's not feasible it's not possible if, if there is an api there should be something back and doing something and that is true so it all starts from the base that is from the developers uh which if they have this culture of delivering every day or every second day on production that will give a confidence to the business and to the product saying that, hey, you can write this code, you can deliver it in production. Why can't I expose this to my customers, right? Be it very small feature, but every day, if you can deliver something on top of it, I'm not saying that I will enable that feature in production for those customers. But from base, uh, we try to incorporate this type of culture um, um, for uh, with, with uh, you know some traces, some matrices and something where we onboard everyone, every developer, and at the same time, <clears throat> we also explain from the. Uh, we also uh, collaborate with product team. I have very, very interesting uh, experience when I was working uh, with, with with my past past organization. The CEO came and then he said, um, "Since we have very large customer base, and I want to try uh, whether the customers can take the cross selling, they came." came to the bank for cuts, but are they ready to take the insurance as well? Because there is more cut in that and no one knows about it. They just have a hypothesis about it, which is a very big feature in terms, right? If you can cross sell things for a customer, uh, the revenue increases the whole team, uh, the whole team, the business team, because it was coming from a CEO, the business team, the product team and everyone sit together. And they came up with one idea that we will start this with the salespersons. You know, the kiosk which is on the airport or on the railway stations, there are agents sitting and then they're trying to sell something. They thought that this is the best thing. We can have personal interactions. Let's do this. Uh, they came to the development team with this whole culture, like whole setup. They explained everything to us. Uh, there was the developer who said, yeah, yeah we'll make this. It's not a problem. We can make this in one month. But why we are not doing it for D2C? Why we can't expose this whole thing to D2C? They said, no, but it will take more time. I don't know how to do it. They said, for us, it's it's no development. It's very easy. Uh, okay. 
the business team said, okay, we can go ahead with this, but let's make it live. In one month, it went live. You won't believe uh, the total number of leads in one month, which we got from salesperson was 20. And the total number of leads, because we didn't, we deliver a minimal MVP that it will only generate a lead because we want to correct or make sure that our hypothesis is correct. People are actually trying to uh, purchase cross-sell products, right? The number of leads with D2C come up with is 14,000. You see the gap? Now with, with, with minimal product and inclusion and everything, the whole business direction changed. Starting from CEO, tell the business, tell the developer with one single idea. Right now, the whole company is moving towards D2C and saying that we will focus on D2C because sales is getting raised from there. The revenue is increasing from there. So I totally agree. How do how do we make sure that uh, uh, this culture is there? Inclusion, uh, including everyone, listening to everyone's point, that will help, in my opinion. I I definitely agree and. Uh, to help this at Scream, we actually started doing, uh, we do like product planning sessions where uh, someone at least who is responsible for all parts, you know, sales, product or uh, development are part of it. And we, we usually start with uh, masking out, okay, what isn't the MVP? Like what is the full thing? If we could build anything for this particular problem or for this feature, what would like the ultimate solution be? Uh, so then we start actually with this huge thing that's probably impossible to build uh, within any reasonable sort of time span. And then I usually say, and now we come to my favorite part, which is what do we not need to actually call this a product or a feature? And then you start working our way back into what will then be the MVP. And what I've seen is this kind of makes uh, everyone aware of the big picture like okay we are not saying that the mvp is the only thing we're going to do ever but it's way easier to say oh, okay but we don't actually maybe need just this thing uh like oh that small little thing that's really cool but ah oh, we don't need it as a minimal viable product and it's easier to just kind of take things away and when you do that in the context of also having someone responsible uh, in that meeting they kind of get this feeling like okay they see where we're coming from, that we're starting small and that it can build into something bigger uh, over time. Yeah, so it sounds like you've um, mastered this uh, this problem. Uh, I, I think it, it was interesting. Yeah, like you've made this a routine and you built trust with the business. So it, it seems like, yeah, you've, you, you have this culture of uh, releasing early and, and often. Uh, but I, I was wondering, do you think um, might there be actually incentives that are negative for this mindset? And uh, I've, I've been th thinking maybe um, an example of a, a bad incentive might be focusing too much on predictability and planning too far ahead. And actually in a lot of uh, scaled uh, agile frameworks um, i guess max you work at a small company so so this might not be how, how you work but uh, i know a lot of companies use the safe framework where you usually plan a quarter ahead 
and um, yeah you planned we're gonna build this big feature we're gonna deliver it in this sprint um, but um, yeah I think that can be a bit um, counterintuitive because if we realize halfway that oh, this feature isn't adding value uh, we can't really stop because yeah we've already promised that we will build it so uh, yeah do you see any problems with uh, frameworks like safe and planning to far ahead for uh, us we actually tried to to work more like uh, according to the book basically for scrum for example uh, but overall, what we've seen is that we uh, we rarely know our customer well enough to predict exactly what they need, kind of what you're saying, Joshua. Um, so we decided that uh, it's not just worth doing it. Uh, so, and uh, you're right, like we're a small company, we're a pretty small team. Um, it's pretty easy for me to communicate this. So I, I appreciate the struggle it might be to communicate it uh, out to a bigger organization, but uh, really uh, like forcing people to be clear about what they want and asking them if it's what, like, do they want it or does the customer really want it? Because I think when you go back to what is the customer's problem we're trying to solve with this feature, uh, it is pretty easy to get to a point where people start saying things that they want, not necessarily that solves the customer's problem. It's just their own kind of, oh, this would be cool. Yeah, I, I think we do have uh, some, in, in large companies, what we what we do is we divide this problem in, in multiple uh, areas. One is vision, uh, what company is trying to achieve in long term, uh, which is not driven by the, the team, but within the whole organization and then that vision is again that there is some uh, matrices which are there uh, like KPIs or, or in food industry you can see what is the GMV, what is the percentage of order, how many uh, millions order you processed if you talk about printtech and then we have one more layer saying that what are the OKRs uh, 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 for, for this particular uh, quarter and then for every quarter we take feature and then for every feature we have sprint. So every OKR needs to impact on some GM, some, some KPI which is growth indicator. So whatever feature you are building, it should improve something, uh, either customer satisfaction, which can be one that is your, your feedback and your review improves or your GMV or your uh, you know number of uh, order process, any of those, K those KPIs and those are fixed, those are the numbers. So with any feature, whatever we are trying to build, this number should impact and that should at least moving in the direction of the vision. So it should not like that today I'm a, I'm a food industry company, but I started uh, something feature which is on the finance side. So that, that's how in the, in the bigger organization, they try to divide uh, and make sure that everyone is towards and moving towards the same goal. Perfect, perfect. Some really good ideas and hopefully that can help yourself, Josh, but also the listeners out there as well that might have come across um, different issues, but similar. Um, but yeah, perfect. Anuj, I believe you had a follow-up question as well. Um, so this one was, can you share specific measures or activities that promote collaboration, clarify expectations and ensure everyone is working towards the same goal within your organizational structure. Tell me a little bit of, 
background behind this so what uh, so i i understand this this whole thing which we are discussing uh, is it's something yeah which should be done in ideal ideal world and if we do it uh, definitely every organization or every team will achieve but that's not the reality if you go and if you join any company any team you will see this distracted things uh, and and disorganized this team is not connected with this they are talking something development my main question which i am trying to ask if what activities or what uh, uh, you know changes which we can do um, in order to promote this collaboration and how do you measure it how do you make sure that okay this activity or this collaboration is helping me to gain this value what we just talk throughout our meeting actually what are you what are you guys thinking uh, i i think that you both uh, previously touched a bit about um yeah solutions like on an operative um level and um, yeah i i also have good experience when you like connect a developer with a business person uh, one thing we usually do at SCB is that once a while um, every or like every developer should try to go and listen when the those at uh, customer service when they're uh, yeah getting calls uh, so yeah i think that's um a, a um, yeah efficient way to uh, gain customer empathy empathy uh, but i think from a more uh, like strategic level or maybe one level up um i i think it's very important to have common metrics uh, between the different um the different um departments so traditionally uh, it is measured on reducing cost while business might be measured on increased revenue you have legal that they are uh, measured on yeah not getting any fines and i think it's very hard to collaborate and have a towards a common goal when uh, yeah you you have these different when you're measured on different things um so I, I think that is very important and then i also think uh, devops is a great practice uh, instead of having dedicated development and operation developers um when you have devops uh, so that's the same uh, yeah the developers do both parts then if um if i as a developer build low quality code then i will need to fix the problem when the code is deployed and then i will yeah i i will want to write good quality um uh, from the beginning and yeah i will uh, if there are bugs um i will uh, yeah be noticed about about them so i have this feedback loop yeah and uh, i think that's a, a super super interesting uh, to see and uh, i do agree that devops is good and i actually we are working together with one company where not only are they doing devops for their developers but they are also the customer support so every developer is responsible for uh, some of their it's a b2b company so for some of the uh, companies that they sell to, they have a responsible customer support uh, developer, basically, taking it uh, one step further, uh, even. Uh, 
But one thing that we have also seen at Scream is uh, to kind of increase and promote collaboration. One thing that we struggled with a bit in the beginning was uh, making sure that everyone spoke the same language. So I think, Anush, you touched upon this a bit with uh, business people talking about one thing and product uh, another and then the uh, development team a third thing. Uh, so what we actually ended up doing was we started, I won't say banning, but uh, avoiding certain words that are a bit generic, like systems or flows, and actually forcing people to uh, write down their inquiries or their questions or goals. And uh, when writing those down, not using uh, uh, ambiguous terms that the business people might see as one thing, whereas the development team will see it as something completely different. So you're trying to remove language barriers or like words that uh, easily cause mishaps. And at first, this was super annoying. Everyone hated it because it's a, you have to rethink and you have to be a bit more diligent when writing things down. But what we saw afterwards was actually it became way easier to collaborate and to communicate with each other uh, when people were more specific because you uh, more like earlier on uh, found out that you were not really talking about the same thing, uh, which then in turn, after a while, made those conversations go way more smoothly. Great idea. Yeah, I, I think you you uh, both does the great point. Like, how do you involve developers, as you said, Joshua and Max, as you said, the, uh, the same language, right? Uh, there is already a concept like which is like most of the companies are now running and and, and you as you mentioned it's called inception where um, it has whole phases you can search it on online on Marty's followers uh, blog they have the whole set of activities for one week when once they start a project right uh, the project which is going to run for six months or or, or or one year or something like that so they pull each one like from every department uh, be it legal, be it uh, uh, the DevOps or, or or business salesperson, and they 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 sit and then they have a set of activities, the, the journey diagrams, the pain points, the architecture, business roadmap, technical diagram. Everyone sits together in the same room. For if you want to make it in one week, you can do. Or if the project is big, it can move to one one and a half. So this is one of the activities which I have uh, experienced and, and, and it really helped uh, everyone, not only developers, also the business, because they are talking something which is not possible in the current tech stack. They will come to know very early that, okay, this is not possible or whatever the people or developer or, or, or if you think from the legal perspective, they will also know what is going on because they have their own challenge. Customer representative is there. So this is one of the activity which you touched upon that sitting together and then talking about the same language. Also, it, it because you cannot involve or uh, include all of the developers in that type of workshops. So you will only choose some of the developers who either they are leads or they are they are going to lead it. So that because leader is the person who, or your tech lead is the person who is driving, going to drive those things. Or some software developers along with this. So this is one of the method we also tried uh, and I'm trying this and, and uh, using this in Delivery Hero as well. And at the same time, sometimes, you know, you run the project and then when you come to the middle, everyone will be in the safe comfort zone and they forget what they're trying to achieve. So what we do is after six months, we 
sink back again and then we revisit this is what we want to achieve where are we right so it brings them again to the same question that are we building or are we moving toward the right direction along with this kpis and everything right? so i think you you guys have touched both of the things it, it's just uh, something which is structured which i'm saying but yes this is the way by which we can make sure that this collaboration happens uh, i'm curious to know uh, i know we do like monthly kind of uh, look backs on the previous month and we also demo whatever we have been building during that month anush do you do something similar during this uh, six month period or uh, yes so we do this retro uh, but that retro is for uh, for the whole group uh, within the team and along with this team but we do the showcase which we call showcase every second week like if the sprint runs for two weeks so we call business people we call legal and those showcases not for developers or not for this because we showcase it to the show uh, stakeholders that hey guys this is what we are building this is where we are uh, just have a look and this is where our progress this gives a very good understanding for the developers that they are not building something which cannot be showcased right so if you are building something it, it should be showcased so uh, it needs to have an impact and that gives a leaders and everyone a, a, a you know selecting what stories what tasks they have to pick first what is minimal viable product what is the minimum thing which i can pick right so you put this pressure, you put this uh, setup in, in a way that the stakeholders are going to come and they are going to ask, okay, what it is after two weeks. And then you have to go, okay, this week we are going to live with this feature. These are additional things. So this type of activities when we do, uh, we really get very good vibes uh, and collaboration and trust because now people will start having trust. Perfect. Were there any other follow-up questions at all? I kind of want to hear the same from Joshua. How do you do, guys, with uh, like demos or so showcases? Uh, do you work regularly with it, or? Yeah, so so we work in a two-week sprint. So at the end of each sprint, we uh, try to uh, demo what has been developed, and uh, yeah, we try to. Uh, we also have a retrospective. Uh, what things could we have done better? Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think probably the the larger the organization, um, I think the the harder most things um, would be. Because uh, yeah, if you have an, an organization with 200 development teams and then... Uh, Maybe that's maybe I'm exaggerating, but then it can be very hard if each developing team should have a demo once every second week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it will be a lot of demos, a lot of meetings. Um, exactly, exactly. So, so if it is a small team, if the feature is going very quickly, you can involve all. But this problem I'm also facing, since we have around. 190 or 180 developers uh, in fintech and because they're serving globally and we are a team of 10, 10 engineers right so our main stakeholders we have to when i say legal and everything it means you have to identify who is your stakeholder so for us our stakeholder is is, is, is ops team and uh, our upstream team 
so we try to include only those two people not not everyone because they don't care about what is happening in my team my service but those two stakeholders are present in each of the demo so this is how we try to solve it in our team but you're right uh, when it comes to large organization when um, the teams are big the the size is very big you cannot chase legal they will say they will they will have their own priorities uh, they will not care about one team and then what what it is doing they will care about the whole the whole organization but we have to be like we we have to figure out a way how we can communicate all of those things to people who are actually impacted by your service did i answer your question joshua yeah no uh, i uh, i i agree uh, usually you try to find the the most relevant uh, stakeholder but then yeah when with when, the larger the organization and you have dependencies with a lot of teams and people's calendar are full um so yeah i, I think generally it's easier the smaller the company um but yeah I, I think yeah very important to get feedback frequently and and so forth amazing amazing perfect well Obviously, before we end the podcast, guys, um, I'd like to say thank you so much to you all um, for sharing your thoughts. Um, so just to recap, we've had Max Danielson, who's the product manager at Scrim. We have Anna Ray, who's engineering manager at Delivery Hero. And we've had Joshua Keelty, who's a product owner at SEB Court or Card. If you are... Um, if you're hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Georgia Benton. You can find me on LinkedIn or email me at georgia.benton at evolution-nordics.com or even visit us online at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash Nordics. Thank you so much again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.